He created the stars. He created the mountains. He created the seas. And he, the creator of the universe, created me. Church, how's it going this morning? You good? Well, happy 4th of July weekend. Who is ready for fireworks tonight and tomorrow? Come on now. Now, tell me, this might be weird, and some people agreed with me yesterday at our Saturday service, but I love the fireworks. I love all that. But to me, the best part is the smell of the fireworks after we're done. Does anyone agree with that or is that just me? Yes, a couple of you. I love the smell. I don't know what it is. It might be weird, but I love it. I love it. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to Life Church. Like Pastor Ryan said, my name is Nate Roder and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And uh, could we just welcome our Appleton campus, online campus, Germantown campus, wherever you are watching today. And as, as Pastor Ryan said, we are continuing in our I Am His sermon series as we're going through the book of Ephesians. Today, if you've got your Bibles, you can open up to Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. We're going to be digging through that. And uh, the title of this morning's message is I Am Gifted. Okay, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I Am Gifted. Okay, that was weak. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, you are gifted. You are gifted this morning, okay? You are gifted. Don't deny it. Do not doubt it. Okay, God has created all of you. He has given you personalities, talents, giftings, passions, experiences in your life to give you gifts to use to build up the church. And so we are all, all gifted this morning. And so Paul... He's actually writing to the church of Ephesus. He's, he's in prison right now, and uh, he, he noticed Ephesus. It's a famous city, big city, okay? They are uh, modern-day Turkey right now, so they're an important sea route and land route where trading comes. And so people are always coming in and out. And so Paul's recognizing this, and he's like, I, want, I need to help this church. They are struggling with their spiritual growth and understanding their giftings and you know, how to take that church to the next level. So we're going to kind of look at that and how that applies to us today. So if you've got your Bibles, 4, 1 through 16, and it says, verse 1, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have Received. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You are called today to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Now, what is that calling? If you've accepted Jesus in your heart, you've uh, asked him into your life, you've believed it, you've said out loud, you are called to live a life like Jesus. Okay? John 2, 6 says, Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So if you've accepted Jesus in your heart, you are called to mirror your life like Jesus. You are supposed to continue to grow and be like him. But now what does that mean? You must all, you know, you are, you are called to live a life worthy of that calling. You know, what, is, what does that look like, right? Take a policeman. If you're a police officer, 
to live a life worthy of your calling, you are called to protect and to serve, right? You are there to uphold the law. So if you are going to live a life worthy of that calling, you must not cheat, steal, take bribes, right? You, you're supposed to live a life worthy of that calling. If you're a business owner, right, you are, you're called to sell a product and make a profit, but there are many ways to make money. You can make money the right way. You can do business the, a good way. Or you can cut corners. You can cheat. You can steal. You can take money from people without them knowing. Right? You must live a life worthy of that calling. Well, just as Christians, Paul is saying, you have to live a life worthy of that calling. Now, there are two things today that Paul sets up. Okay, This first verse sets up the rest of the 15 verses that we're going to look at. And there's two things that you must do to live a life worthy of being like Jesus. Okay, the first one, we must always be growing in our character. We are never done. We are never there. We've never made it. We are always growing in our character. Paul says in verse 2, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. So Paul says humility. Man, you must be humble. If you want to live a life worthy of Jesus, you must grow and be humble, okay? What does humble mean, right? We know, you know, like an athlete, you know, they, they give glory to God, Tim Tebow, right? Like, we know what that means. But what does it mean to be spiritually humble, right? question to you is, if you are spiritually humble or not, do you rely on God or do you rely on yourself, when the storms come and the waves come of life, you know what happens. Who do you rely on? Do you go, I, I got this on my own. I don't need anybody. I don't need God. Or do you say, Lord, help me. Who do you rely on? Are you humble? Gentleness. Paul, why would you put gentleness? Right? I'm a man. I don't got to be gentle. Right, Kevin Nash? I, I don't need to be gentle. That's for grandma and that's for mom. Like, why, why do I need to be gentle? But, right, we've, we've seen those peoples on the corner you know, yelling, you're going to hell, get saved, you're going to hell, right? That's not very gentle. It's kind of hard to accept people when they're angry, right? Well, Jesus is saying, hey, no, I want you to be gentle. In our culture, sometimes, especially as guys, gentleness is a sign of weakness. Back then, in the time of at this church of Ephesus, it was even more extreme. It was like, you're not even a man if you're gentle, if you're sensitive. But Jesus is saying, hey, he came. You know, he came to, I want to be gentle. I'm going to love you. Next one, patience. Now, who struggles with patience in here? Anyone? Come on now. This is, this is my biggest struggle out of these four, is God is always trying to test my character in patience. Now, here's your test if you're patient or not. When you leave a sporting event, a concert, some event that has a huge parking lot, right? There is always, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. This happened to be last weekend. There's always one or two exits, right? And there's thousands of cars. And so you got the gigantic line of cars, but then you have, you know, the people trying to sneak in and cut the line. Not cut the line, but that's just where they parked. Are you the car that occasionally lets people in? You know, like you don't have to do it every time. Otherwise, you'll be last, and that's okay. But, you know, do you let people in every once in a while? Or are you that car that drives right up to the edge of the car in front of you. So, you know, someone's trying to get in and you're looking at, or you're actually, you're not trying to look at them. You're looking straight ahead and you're just not even going to acknowledge that they're there. That's some of you. That happened to me this weekend. Be patient, right? Paul's saying, I want you to grow in your character. Always be grown in these things. 
And the last one that he says is bearing with one another in love. Now, I saw this, and I'm like, man, Paul, what do you mean? Bearing one another with love. Like, in the Roter family, okay, we're huggers. And so, you know, when, when, we, when I like you, I, I give you a hug. And uh, if I really like you, we squeeze harder. Like, that determines how much I like you. Like, that's, that's what we do. So if I really like you, I really give you a big hug. And so I'm like, what does that mean? Like, do I need a bear hug? You know, do you need to bear hug everyone with love? No, what it means is I kind of look, did a word study. In Greek, the translation for bearing is to endure. Can you endure people with love? It means to tolerate, to be tolerant of differences and preferences that don't necessarily match your own. Are you a person that gets extremely ticked off by other people's differences? Are you able to put up with something that you might disagree with, right? Everyone's different. There's certain things we like about people. There's certain things we don't. Are you okay with that? Can you handle having differences? Can you handle coming into church today and maybe there's a song you didn't sing that you wanted to, can you put up with that, right? Can you put up with something different than you might want yourself? Paul's saying, you've got to grow in your character if you want to live a life worthy of the calling of being like Jesus. Now, the second thing that you must do to live a life worthy is to use your gifts to build up the church. What are you? You are gifted. We are all gifted. Some people's are more noticeable, right? Take the band. I can't sing. Some of you can't sing, right? They can. And so it's easy to point out their giftings. It's easy to see, man, they are, they can sing, they can play instruments. Like, it's easy for them to use their gifts in the church because it's so noticeable. But what about me, right? What about my gifts? Like, I, I can't see them. I can't figure that out. What do I do? Paul says, in verse 7, as we go back into the word, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Now, as Christians, it's really easy for us sometimes to go, man, I can accept the big promises of God, but ignore the other ones. Right, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that who shall ever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We believe that. So we believe that Jesus came, was the only son of God. He died for our sins so that we're saved, right? We believe that, we accept Jesus. It changes our life. You know, we believe we're going to heaven, right? We believe those things. We believe those promises. But then these other ones, you're gifted. God wants to use your gift here at Life Church. Oh, that's not for me. Right, like that's, that's a different one. That's not a big promise. You know, that's, that's, for, uh, that's for the musicians. No, Paul's saying you are gifted and this church isn't gonna be as great as it can be without you using your giftings. But okay, Nate, I get it. Like I'm supposed to find out my giftings, but I don't know what they are. What do I do? How do I, how do I figure out what my, what my giftings are? The first one I wanna say, this is the easiest way to find out what your giftings are is one, ask someone. Ask someone. Verse 11, as we go back in, Paul says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Okay, for me, 
I had the honor of going to the same summer camp, Spencer Lake summer camp, that your youth and your kids go to each summer. Grew up going there, and I grew up in a small church. And so we, we only had a couple guys that would go with, and so we never had a counselor. We always joined um, a different youth group in their cabin, so we always had different counselors. Well, there's this one counselor that we started hanging out with. You know, we really liked him, and so we started requesting him each year. And, and over time, you know, we got to, you know, hang out with him. And, and one, one week at camp, he's like, Nate, I think you're going to be a youth pastor someday. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know I, like, I've never thought about it. I'm not, I don't, one, don't want to do it. Two, like, I, I, I couldn't do that. Like, there's no way. And so, no, I, I think you could. I think, you know, you, God's gifted you to, to pe- people want to be around you. You include people. Like, I can really see you being a youth pastor someday. And I mean it. At that time, I'm like, no way. My dad was a pastor. He's been a pastor in Assemblies of God Church in Hudson, Wisconsin. And, and uh, I love that he was a pastor, but I didn't want to be one. Nothing against it, but I just, it was, just wasn't for me. And so he, he planted a seed in me that uh, today, you know, look at me now. Because of that, though, that helped me along this way. But other people can see giftings that we can't always see. Right? I mean, driving in the car, we got blind spots, right? We have to have help to see where, what's in our blind spots. Well, a lot of times, our giftings are in our blind spots. You need to ask someone else to see what your, your giftings are. Now, just like that, if you say, you know, I've asked someone, man, uh, they couldn't tell me um, what else. What else? Okay, there's five things that God has shaped you, okay? Five things that he has shaped you personally uh, that can really help you find out your giftings. First one, spiritual gifts. If you have accepted Jesus in your house, you have some spiritual gifts. You might have the, the gift of wisdom or discernment, but we all have spiritual gifts. Next one, H, your heart, your passion. What are you passionate about? What makes your heart go, right? What do you get excited about when you start doing that? Okay, God's given all of us different passions in our heart. Usually, our giftings are within our passions. What you love to do, I loved hanging out with kids. Like, that was my thing. I just, I loved it. I felt refreshed at the end of the night instead of, you know, I get tired, trust me. But I get, you know, I feel good though. Like, I, I can lay my head down. I go, man, this, this, this makes me feel good. What is your passion? Next thing, A, ability. What abilities, what natural giftings do you have that God has given you and no one else? I know I keep using the band, but I can't sing. Pastor Nando can sing. Okay, that is a natural ability that God gave him that he didn't give me. So my gifting is probably not singing, right? But all of us have different giftings. All of us have different natural abilities that God wants to use, that he purposely gave you to use to build up this church. Next one, personality. Some of you got some crazy personalities, right? And you know who I'm talking about. But God gave you that. God wants you to use your specific personality here, right? You might be quirky. Okay, well, he wants you with kids, right? Like, that's, that's how it works, you know? Like, he, he's given us personalities to use for the church. And the last one is experiences. Now, this is the tricky one. A lot of times in life, man, there's, there's good things and there's bad things. We've all had those, the good and the bad happen to us. Well, God wants to use the good and the bad and the storms of life to equip and to love and to build up the church. You have certain, some of you have certain things that were horribly done to you. You know, you're not, you're not gonna share it, but you, you know what I'm talking about. You've had these things happen to you that you wish would not have. 
But I'm telling you, most likely, God wants to use that in someone else who's going through that same exact thing. God has shaped you, okay? You might go, Nate, okay, well, I've asked someone. They haven't helped me. I've, I've, I've kind of listened to this. I don't get it. Next thing here at Life Church, we offer Life Track. Okay, if you've never been through that, I challenge you to do so. It's a way to get you more plugged in. But what we do is actually we have you take a test to find out what your giftings are. Sometimes I actually did it this weekend. As I was preparing for the message, I, I took this test. I'm like, oh, okay, like these are different things that I never knew about myself. It tells you the negative things of your giftings. That's the interesting one. But take life track. Go for it. Find out what your giftings are because if you want to live a life worthy of the calling to be like Jesus, Paul's saying you've got to use your giftings. And the second thing that you've got to do besides asking someone is eventually you just got to try it out. Okay, you just, you've just got to try it out. Now, we, I have a student who uh, was interning with me this past spring for school, and he's actually going to Life Leadership College this year. And he came to me, and he's like, Nate, I, I want to start working with lights. You know, like, I, like, I want to start running the lights on a Wednesday. Like, you know, I just think I... I think I could be good at it. And I go, okay, you know, have you ever had any experience? Have you ever done lights for a service before, right? Have you done anything like that? No. Okay. Uh, have you had any experience with a light board? Like, have, do you know what to do, where to go, how to create an atmosphere? Like, do you know anything? Like, have you messed around with that at all? No. All right, let's put them in, right? <laughs> Well, we did, you know, we didn't put him in right away. We didn't put him in the game and lead service right away, but we put people around him that kind of equipped him, and he spent time, and he has just grown and grown, and I'm telling you, he is our best lighting guy. He runs Wednesday night services. He actually is running the lights today. He ran it this morning, okay? He is gifted. He is so talented at creating an atmosphere. You know, we, as a church, we try to create the best atmosphere for you so that the Spirit can speak to you, that we can give you that best feeling to, to allow that to happen. With lights, he knows how to do that, and he's gifted in that. But he would have never figured that out if you want to have tried it out. You know, what is that for you? that you've kind of had a hunch that you've wanted to do, but you've never asked someone. You've never said, you know what, I see those people in the back, man, I want to do, I want to run the camera. You know, like, I think that would be cool. What is that for you that God's maybe gifted you that you want to try out? Now, I love Christmas, okay? And I'm just going to be honest, I love presents, right? We love presents. I love birthdays. I love presents, right? We like it. Yes, I know that the older you get, it feels better to give out presents. I agree with that. But it still feels good to get presents, right? And so, love language, right? And, but presents, Christmas, I, I love it. It's fun. I love doing it. And so, I'm a golfer. And so, one Christmas, you know, I, got a, I got a brand new driver, okay? When, so, when you're golfing, your driver is the first club that you use. It's your longest club that you'll use. And uh, I got it. And so, I'm swinging inside, you know, I'm swinging, you know, it's Christmas morning, and it's like, I just want to, you know, you want to swing it, and so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go hit it, and so I grab the shovel, I go out in the lawn with snow, you know, and you shovel a little tee box, you, sh you shovel it around, just a really small one, just for me to fit, grass is still frozen, but you can see it a little bit, you know what I'm saying, and so I plug it in, and, and, uh, and I'm just hitting my driver, you know, I'm hitting out in the cold, but like when we get presents, what do we want to do? We want to use them. We want to play with them, right? We were, we were given gifts to use them, okay? 
Dads, if you're handy, okay, I'm not a handyman at all. Like, I can maybe, like, put some, you know, some shelves up, but, like, that's it. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing with my car or anything like that. I wish I was. But if you are, you probably get tools for Christmas, right? If you get tools, if it's an electric one, you want to build something, right? You want to do it. Even if you can't build it, you just want to plug it in and hear it roar, right? Like, you want to do it. You want to hear it. You want to use it. Right? If you're getting a camera for Christmas, what do you want to do? Take pictures, right? You're taking pictures of the tree and the presents and everyone, right? You're taking pictures. A lot of us, gifts are meant to be open. Gifts are meant to be used. They are not meant to, be, to stay in the wrapping paper. A lot of you today are, have these gifts, whether you recognize it or not, but you're leaving it in the wrapping paper. You're not using it. It is. We're not using it. You have it. You might not know it, but you have gifts, and they're meant to be used. Now, when you start using your gifts to build up the church, two things happen, okay? When you start using your gifts, you recognize it, and you want to use it in the church, the first thing is you build up the church. Ephesians 4, 16, it says, Paul says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work, okay? You were giving gifts to build up the church, okay? What all happens here, this is all run by people who have gifts and have chosen to use it in the church. Now, I don't mean that you've got to, or I gotta quit my job and I've gotta go into full-time ministry. That's not what I mean. You have gifting. Some of you have giftings, like I said, to be a policeman, to be a business owner. That is your gifting. You stay with that. But God's saying, hey, if you want to live a life worthy of the calling, I also want you to use that when you can to build up the church. But some of you go, man, my gifting isn't that big of a deal, right? The band, like, that's a big gifting. Curtis, singing the national anthem, killed it. I can't do that. My gifting must not be as important. That's not the case, okay? Green Bay Packer fans, where are you at? Come on. Go, Pack, Go. I went, to, uh, I went to Lambeau Field this past week, and my wife and I did the tour, and so I've just got fired up right now. I feel like it's the season, but it's not, so i got to let it go. But Green Bay Packers, we found out this year that if someone, we lose someone on our team, we lose their gifting, it can really bring us down, okay? Yes, we have Aaron Rodgers, one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the NFL. We've got, you know, we've got Randall Cobb. We have Eddie Lacy right in our offense. we got guys. But all of a sudden, we lost Jordy Nelson. Preseason, so sad. We lost Jordy Nelson towards ACL, but we lost his gifting to stretch the field. Jordy's fast, and so he can run, open the field up for other people. When we lost that, man, our team struggled. It wasn't as good. We didn't build our way to a championship, right? Just that gifting, that one gifting of stretching the field brought us down, okay? Your gifting is a building your gifting is a part of the building process of life church no matter how big no matter how small your gifting whether it's just being nice to people is a part of the building process of life church and you go Nate what does that even mean I'll show you I've been here I've had the honor of being the youth director here for a year and four months and so if you were here three years ago you would know that uh, this building wasn't here this auditorium wasn't built here. Okay, so for me, I don't, I don't know anything about Life Church, but, you know, this. 
Before that, it wasn't built. It actually, if we were having service three years ago, we'd be where the Life Kids are at in the auditorium here at the Germantown campus. And so three years ago, that wasn't here. So if you were here, if you were here back then, you were a part of the building process of Life Church. You go, Nate, maybe my gift is just being nice to people. Like I just, I love making them feel welcome. Okay, I'm gonna show you just that little gifting helped build this building. Okay, back then, when we were just over there three years ago, you said, you know what, I have a gifting. I want to make people feel welcome. I'm going to be a greeter. Okay, you be a greeter. Well, all of a sudden, people start coming through the doors. They didn't feel welcome at their last churches, but all of a sudden, you, your gifting made them feel welcome. They start coming, and they feel welcome. They stay. Well, all of a sudden, because they stay, they start seeing their giftings like, I want to attend a life group. I want to lead a life group. Well, all of a sudden, that person's gifting now is leading a life group, People are coming. 20, 30 people start coming. All of a sudden, they love it because that's your gifting, and they start coming to Life Church. Well, all their gifting, some of them, they were, God's gifted them financially. He just blessed their businesses, blessed their jobs. And so all of a sudden, when it came and we outgrew that auditorium, we got to build a building. Well, your giftings help fund and build this. So no matter how small or how big your gifting is, you are a part of the building process of Life Church. Right now, you know, I wasn't here back then. My gifts weren't, but now I am. Someday we're going to need more ministry. Someday we're going to, you know, need more people. Our gifts here and now are a part of the building process of Life Church. Now, the second thing that starts happening when you use your gifts in the church, like I said, the first, you build up the church. The second is you actually end up building up yourself. As we look at, Paul says in verse 13, Until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. One of the greatest things about using your gifts in the church is, yes, you build up the church, but you actually end up building up yourself spiritually. God's given you a muscle. He's given you a gift to use. What happens to a muscle if you don't start working it out? You lose it, right? Anyone that works out, you can tell I do not. But if you work out, okay, you've got to work out to build muscle. Say you want to run a 10K, right? You've got to run. You've got to build endurance. You have to grow in your cardiovascular system, right? You've got to work out your muscles to get bigger, to get better. Just like in our giftings, God has given us a gift, like a muscle, the more you use it, the more you grow, the more you mature. That's what Paul's saying. Verse 13 again, until we reach the unity, the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Until you start using your gifts, you're never going to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Right? You've got to work out that muscle. Otherwise, you lose it, but you can grow. Paul says later on, he goes, I finished the race. I have fought the good fight. You know, at the end of his time, and, and he says, you know, I've given it my all. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Well, a lot of us, we feel like our race is already done, right? I know I said that earlier, but we feel like it's done. No, God is calling us to always be growing our character, and to use our gifts. But as we use our gifts, our muscle grow, and we actually grow in our walk. 
I'm going to end with this. There's a certain level of spiritual growth that you will not achieve until you start using your giftings. There's a certain level of spiritual growth by Paul here, the full measure of Christ. You won't see the full measure of Christ until you start using the gifts that he gave you, purposely gave you, to help build up the church, but ultimately build, grow, and mature yourself spiritually. And so today I got a question. What gift is that? What is that for you that God has given you and wants you to try out? What gift is that that God's given you that you've had a hunch or you need to go to Life Track and figure that out? That you want to start building up Life Church, but ultimately building yourself up as well, growing yourself spiritually. What is that for you? And the last thing is some of you are going, Nate, man, that's all good. That's cool. I get it. But you know what? I've never, I've never even accepted that calling. I've never accepted the life to live a life worthy of the calling. I've got to ask Jesus into my life first before I can do any of this. And if that's you, I want to give you that chance this morning. So if I, everyone could just close their eyes, no one looking around. And I count of three, I just want you to raise your hand if you say, Nate, that's me. I want to do these things, but I need Jesus in my life first. I need to accept the calling of being like Jesus before I can live a life worthy of that. And so on a count of three, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand, okay? One, two, three. No one looking around, just raise your hand. Awesome, awesome. You can put your hand down. Awesome. So cool, so cool. Put your hand down. So cool. That is so awesome. Romans 10, 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I want everyone in this room, whether you raised your hand or not, I want you to repeat after me and join me in this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for sending your son to die for my sins on that cross. I believe that you raised him up three days later. Come into my life. Help me to find my giftings to build up your church and to build up my life. Thank you. Amen.